when you do that, then they're putting down the thing that makes them special, which is their instruments. That's today's guest, marching arts expert, Jeremy Spicer, talking about keeping the focus on what feeds our students. Welcome to Music Ed Insights. I'm leadership trainer and former band director, Alan Fire, here with composer and co-college music education program head, Steve Shanley. Each episode, Alan and I talk with national thought leaders in music education with practical insights for K-12 music educators. Steve, tell us about our guest. Jeremy Spicer is the owner of Sassy, a student leadership consulting firm focused on the empowerment of young leaders and is also an expert on all things band. His marching bands have been recognized as 5A state marching band champions in Texas and as finalists in the Bands of America regional and super regional competitions. And his concert band was named a national winner in the Mark of Excellence National Wind Band Honors Competition. He's worked as a consultant for high school bands, as well as for groups in Drum Corps International. Find Jeremy's full bio, show notes, and resources at musicedinsights.com. Alan, what was the takeaway you had from this episode? Spelling out clear expectations for student leaders is so important. I'm glad he emphasized that. What about you, Steve? Well, full disclosure, I had an agenda when I reached out to Jeremy. I wanted a nationally recognized expert to come on the podcast and say... It does not matter how cool your design is if you can't execute your show. Because frankly, I've seen far too many groups who put a lot of effort into their general effect at the expense of being able to move and play with reasonable accuracy. And Jeremy delivered. Also, if you are a member of our Insider program, we are releasing the unedited version of this episode, which includes another 35 minutes of discussion about marching band. You will love it. Yeah, I am so thankful that he made it absolutely crystal clear that props, flash, and expensive stuff are not what makes shows great. It's heartening to learn that even at the highest levels, the marching arts are getting back to basics. And what Steve said, learn more about the benefits of becoming an insider by clicking the link on our homepage, musicedinsights.com. A shout out to our newest insiders this week, uh, Kayla Cran, Matt Priest, Michael Pritchard, Danny Kleinheinz, Dennis Green, Eric Allen, Pat Carney, and Jennifer Williams. Thank you for supporting this podcast. But now, let's get to Jeremy Spicer. Jeremy Spicer, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Well, you've basically done it all at the highest levels in the marching arts, leading finalist bands at national and state level competitions, serving as a judge at prestigious marching band festivals. But I don't want to start there. Instead, I want to start in the trenches. And let's, for the sake of argument today, call it the 99% of people, bands, directors participating in bands that are not at those elite levels. And this is just Steve's personal opinion. I feel like many of these groups are attempting to emulate characteristics they identify in those top 1%, which I think sounds like a good thing, and it would be if they were trying to emulate those groups' attention to basic execution issues like moving their feet in time, playing correct pitches and rhythms with a good sound, and so forth. But what instead I'm seeing is an emphasis on general effect and design at what I think is the expense of doing the basics at an acceptable level. So I'm guessing you don't see this when you're judging at the real high-level competitions, but have you noticed this phenomenon elsewhere when judging or trying to help bands? I think all teachers are trying to do their very best to double down on 
the execution side of things. And I wanted to lead off with one of my favorite quotes and a quote that I live by. I heard years ago from a friend of mine named Dan Burrard. And his quote was, excellence is the first and purest effect. And excellence will get you a long way, even if your show may not work at the highest levels. That excellence is going to get you over the hump. And I think there was a period of time there for a while, and it is still present. You see those programs that are super prop heavy, or they're investing maybe in things that they think are going to elevate the general effect of the show. But had they just invested on the other side in the education of the children at a higher level, then the whole show would have been read at a, in a different way or in a different manner. And there was a time where everyone was being pretty overt and over the top with their props, in which it as they were trying to be entertaining and they're trying to do what they thought was the right thing, myself included. But I just think there's been a conscious pushback against that. And thankfully, judges are rewarding that. I can give you countless of examples of programs that might be considered elite that have elected to not put things on the field. For instance, the Vandergriff High School Band this year won both the 6A State Marching Contest and the Bands of America Super Regional in San Antonio with the highest score ever recorded at that San Antonio contest. And all they had on the field were front walls, just little, some people call them guard blockers. They're these front frames. But yeah, they they doubled down on the excellence brought forth by the children and the education of the children and using maybe monies that would have gone toward props to increase the size of their teaching faculties and bring in more people to work on private lessons with the students in private lessons or in sectionals or after school and rehearsal. The Carmel High School Band uh, this past year, I mean, I think they were second in the country uh, from Carmel, Indiana. Amazing band program with a, a thriving concert program, a th- thriving winter, uh, winter guard program and winter education program, thriving chamber music program, and their marching band didn't have any props on the field. And I think a lot of people misunderstand what effect is. And one great judge, I'll leave their name aside, but told me there's very few completely 100% original ideas that you're seeing in the marching field. Sometimes there are. You get that one every now and then, sometimes. But uh, more so, it's what can you do to an idea that makes it new and different? But it's how you do what you do that makes it cool and different. And I think that would be the challenge for teachers out there i guess you know what i haven't to, yeah go ahead you know, i was going to say you know what i haven't seen yes sir i mean you say we've seen it all i have not seen a willie nelson show i and you're you're down there in austin i taught band for 19 years if i'd have taught band for 25 years i would have found a way to get dr shanley here to write me a willie nelson show with i never cared for you from the underrated album teatra as the opener uh what do you think jeremy I, i'm here for it and it's funny you bring that up i actually have a show concept in my mind since I am from Austin, I want to I want to do a show and I'm maybe giving it away and someone else is going to do it now. But I want to do a show called ATX and I want it to feature all of the low hanging fruit that is Austin. So what about doing a winter show or a summer show or a water show and not doing something brand new or innovative within that construct and just doing it well? It's great. <laughs> We're, we're okay with that, too. We can do a show that is not original, a concept that's not original, and we just do it well, and that's probably going to be okay enough for us as well. You're cool with that? It doesn't need to have some Absolutely. new component of it that makes it our own. There are things that make the music that you're referencing or the concepts that you're referencing timeless. You just have to double down on the excellent side of things. Like you mentioned, getting your feet in time. Well, yeah, like... First and foremost, whenever I'm doing an analysis review of a video where my brain goes, because I'm a teacher first, 
Like if I'm if they want visual analysis, I don't worry about the rest of it. I'm just watching them. And I'm, are your lines straight? Are you controlling space? Are your curves smooth? Are your feet in time? Like are you do? Are the flags going around together? Like th- there's a lot to be said for just getting it to be excellent. The other thing that I would offer in that, in order to achieve excellence, I think personally, most marching band shows are too hard. Yeah, they're just way too hard. There some of these some of these things that they're putting in front of students, they couldn't be played sitting down. Yep. Or there are fingerings that you're asking of woodwind musicians at tempos that they would never be asked to do in any other idiom. So you just have to double down on what do you have and what can your kids do and be honest with yourself. It's not it's not a, a knock against you as a teacher or a knock against your children. It is where they are right now. And if you take it from that, this is what they can do. Okay, well, then that's what we're going to feature. And then throughout the rest of the year, if I want to do other things the next fall, well, then I'm going to create a curriculum post-marching season that's going to develop those skill sets in the individual kiddos so that in nine months from now, I can do this next thing, whatever that next thing is in the development of the program. Let's dive into the musical focus of things. I feel like not long ago, it was acceptable for a marching band show to be five or seven minutes long of music that might be thematically cohesive. It might not, as long as it was executed well. And that obviously, as we've been discussing, isn't really the case at the highest levels of the of the art form anymore, where it seems we have to have a clear story or a message or an emotional arc. And I think for those groups in the 99% with limited budgets, is it okay for them to buy some stock published music and have a generic Broadway favorites or classic rock greatest hits show? Or do we have to use our halftime show as a way to teach the audience about the struggles faced by immigrants? Uh, You know, can I pick music that they're just going to enjoy listening to and I'm going to enjoy teaching? I think it's all depending on the community to which you serve honestly. Um, And if a show about the struggles of immigrants works and it would, it, it would strike a nerve and be powerful to the community that you serve. And you think your, your football crowd would like it and your band parents would like it. Then I say, go for it. And if you think a, I want to stop you there. So, so entertaining the football crowd, that's an okay goal to have. Yes. As it should be. It goes both ways. I think it comes back to the community. I think entertaining the crowd is exactly like a win the crowd and like gladiator, win the crowd, win your freedom. But we have to also make sure, as you said, that it's educationally sound for a student. Sometimes winning the crowd could be some low hanging fruit that may not have the educational value that you need for your students and their development. So, but I also agree with you that going out there and playing esoteric music that they have no idea what's going on. Like that's not it either. There has to be there has to be something for the ensuring that the students are getting the best educational experience and at the forefront it like you're both saying we have to entertain it's super important because those are the stakeholders those are the ones that are going to support you um, when the school board is passing different things and they're putting up proposals or different things are coming up and you're going to want that crowd out there going, no, we want to vote for this because that's also going to help our band program and we want our band program to be successful. Or if they're passing bonds for schools or instruments or any of those kinds of things, like it, it all comes into play. 
you had talked about earlier that some of the groups, uh, the high school groups at the highest levels are moving actively away from props and and just showing off, here's how we can move and play and we don't have these props on the field. Uh, can you talk just a little bit more about some general recommendations you might have when it comes to, let's call it non-color guard, non-auxiliary, um, non-equipment that, that they're using let's set that aside and maybe things that are either going to be manipulated by members of the woodwind brass percussion section or there are dedicated people to using the props or are you at the point where you'd say yeah don't even worry about that do you have just general recommendations you have for our listeners yeah i would just say don't necessarily even worry about that um i think and when you do that then they're putting down the thing that makes them special, which is their instruments. So I wouldn't necessarily want to do that. Now there may be students in your program that can't perform in the marching show, maybe at the highest levels, and we need to find ways to include them. Well, maybe that's a way that you can elevate the show. It's kind of like the non-varsity players of a football team. Like rather than sitting the bench the whole game, we got to find ways to get our non-varsity kids that may not that, that are in development out onto the field. And how do we do that? So there, there are a variety of ways, but like you're talking about damp, for instance, you could look at the, the Cedar Park high school band from this year. We had some students that were non-varsity performers, but it was super important to the director bands and the associate director bands that runs the marching band, that those children feel included in a part of the whole. So we created, they just came out with a dance prop that fit the idiom of the show. They were half of the kids had a gear, and half of the kids had a flower. And the show was called Bell Mechanique. It was a show between beautiful and mechanical. That's what it was. So half of them, they just came out and they held this flower and moved it. When the other half came out with the gear. So there are ways that you can maybe create those within that. Now, there may be opportunities where setting the horns down would be okay. And let me give you an example. We can't really hear woodwinds on a big, loud arrival moment. And if your color guard is really small. For instance, I was assisting a band and they had, I think we had maybe eight or 10 in the color guard and we wanted to create a color moment. And I, they kept talking about it. Like, we don't know how we're going to do it. And I said, go with me for a second. I know this sounds crazy. What if the woodwinds for the opening 45 seconds, they came out on swing flag and we had their instrument staged in a way where they could go pick up their horns when it was done. So the brass were cranking. We were able to get, take a color guard of eight to 10 and we increased it to almost 50 and it was like this pop moment when the the brass played and then all of a sudden that that went away so at least we had them at hello we had this moment at hello so there, there are opportunities maybe that you can use that but i would going back to what makes them special is they're instrumentalists so let's let them be instrumentalists excellence is the first and purest effect if, the, if we keep that at the forefront of our brain and that instrument's make the musician special. And on that manner, the equipment that the color guard spends makes them special. Like if we double down on everything that makes them special, then we're good. Let's shift over to the subject of student leadership. You founded SASE, a student leadership training organization. Can you please tell us a little bit about what SASE does and maybe what sets it apart from other leadership training? Yeah, SASE was founded in 2002. Um, and we're a student leadership training and empowerment firm. We work with uh, junior high, middle school, high school, college students from grade six all the way to college seniors 
and student leadership development. What does that look like? It's it's uh, conflict management. It's uh, being your best self. It's communication skills. It's team building skills. It's all of those things. And I think what sets us apart, there are lots of people out there that do this kind of thing, but it, it's the manner in which you do it. Just like we've been talking about with Marching Man, it's a manner in which you do it. We try to ensure that our seminars and what we do, I, I'm not a fan of the stage on the stage vibe where I'm going to get up here and talk at you for whatever. And I think a lot of people, when they come into a leadership seminar, and you see it on kids' faces every year, especially in the, the schools that we haven't been to before, you could see there's a question mark immediately about, okay, well, I got to be here till four o'clock. Are they literally going to talk at me for six hours if we're doing a nine to noon, one to four? And I tell them from the jump, I just want you to know this is going to look nothing like school. I know you think it's going to look like school, and I'm telling you it's going to look nothing like school, and you don't believe me because you don't know me, but I promise you it's going to look nothing like school. And the way that we ensure that it looks nothing like school is through experiential learning activities. Greater than 90% of what we do is based in experiential learning activities that we want them to experience it, and then we can debrief the experience. But I don't want to just talk about it. And it's it's served us well. I think one of the other things that sets us apart is there are foundational aspects of the curriculum that we do every year, but the curriculum also changes every year. Every single year, there's a new subject matter, a new curriculum that gets written with myself and several colleagues of mine so that every year we're meeting the kids where they are at this year. So it served us well. We're in 27 states. We did 157 camps last summer. It's been a, been a ride, that's for sure. Well, it sounds fabulous, and I especially love the fact that they get to do stuff and not just listen the whole time. That That certainly does set you apart. Let's say my entire high school band budget for the whole year is $1,000, and I need to spend most of that on sheet music and instrument repair and just get my band up and going and I don't have anything left in my budget to hire you quite yet. I'm hoping to maybe four or five years down the road when I got everything built up, but for the moment I can't. So can you leave me with some freebies, some suggestions you have for our listeners when it comes to student leadership that aren't going to cost them any money? Here's a foundational principle of Sassy. I must have a positive relationship with the people that I lead. That if, if, you, if I could give you a freebie, to double down and engage with your students on are how are you going to do that? How are you going to build positive relationships with the people that you lead? Because the key is, and what people and what students, and it's not just students, humans don't understand, adults like you and I talking right here, humans don't understand that I don't, we don't have to listen to those people. The people that I'm leading, me personally, like people in my company, they don't have to listen to me. And the, your bosses, you don't have to listen to your bosses. And the students, like they're paying you and all, there's a different dynamic there, but dang sure students don't have to listen to other students. The key to their success is they have to want to listen to that person. And the way that you create that want is by building positive relationships. And that may seem like, oh, that's rainbows and butterflies and let's just skip through the medals and we're all going to get along. No, I go along and one of the next things that I always talk about is, how many of you don't have positive relationship with the people in the band? And they, they kind of tenderly like raise their hand. And I say, uh, then I'll ask them this, like, Oh, stop it. How many of you, there are people in this band program right now you don't like, and all their hands fly up in the air. 
Like, of course. And then you'll see some people that don't want to answer that question because they think it's a loaded question. Because a leader, they should like everyone, which is you and I both know, come on, it's not real. And this is the first time they're getting to realize, oh, this is like more real. And I'll say, okay, fine. I see some of you don't want to raise your hand. How many of you know right now there are people in this band program that don't like you? You're the one that's the paid. And then they'll all laugh and all their hands go up in the air. Like, exactly. We all got people that we don't like there. We all got people that uh, don't like us. And then we have people that we really like and that we're friends with and we get along with. But the key to our success as leaders is we have to create a relationship with others so that they want to listen to us. So if you can, in your programs, double down on relationship management and, comma, building bridges for relationships that might have been burned down, even if we're not going to be BFFs, how can we be in a working relationship and how can the teachers use examples from their own lives of situations where there were maybe hurt feelings or didn't get along with someone else, but you overcame that through mutual respect of the other human? I think that over anything else will help your student leadership program be successful. And then, oh, another one. Last, there have to be expectations for what you want them to do. We can't hit a target we can't see. And a lot of times I go in and I, I tell them, well, well, so what do you want out of this camp? Well, we need our section leaders. They need to do the X, Y, and Z. And then I ask this very simple question. Have you told them? And they go, well, they should know. They're section leaders. No, 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 no. Like you should tell them exactly what the expectation is of the leader of the loading crew truck or the social media officer. What does that mean? And there needs to be a job description. So I have, I have an intake questionnaire where I ask, what's your biggest current frustration and what steps have you taken to, uh, to alleviate that? And something that's been kind of common over the last 15 years, like it's not, it, 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 it comes, it goes different. It's different directory each year. It's, I want the student leaders to take more initiative, uh, to take more initiative and more control of things. And then an answer to the question, uh, what if the steps have you taken to alleviate this is, well, I tell them at the beginning of the year, but if I keep telling them, then I'm not, I'm not enabling them to do it. And then when I see them in person at the workshop, we, we talk about just what you just said. Like, you can't just say, I want you to take more ownership. You have to say, here is one way in which you could take more ownership. Here's what you could have done last Friday night. And here's what I hope to see you do this next Friday night. It doesn't take longer than like a minute, but you have to actually say what it means to take more ownership of the program. So keep it up, man. Keep, keep preaching. There's a quote. I think it's Maxwell to quote the leadership guru himself, but I think, I think it's him. He says leadership's not, uh, is not, is built daily, not in a day. And that would be something to double down on what you're speaking to right now is that you do seminars in the summer. I do seminars. They're not going to walk away from that seminar a leader. They're just not. That's foundational principles that have to be reinforced daily. Just like if we went in and said, I have, I'm going to teach you how to be fundamentally sound on your instrument. Here's two six hour days. And then you don't do any of those things ever again. Well, then you're not going to sound good on your horns. It's not. You have to do some iteration of it daily. And that, that's the key. And that so weekly leadership meetings, and they don't have to be quantified leadership meetings. It could be check-ins at lunch. It could be talking to the kids on the, on the way to rehearsal. I mean, it, any type, there, there are leadership opportunities everywhere. You just have to be willing to go for it. Well, Jeremy Spicer, thank you so much for 
leaving us with those free and valuable, useful tips. Can you stick around for our lightning round with uh, five lighter topic questions? Love it. I'm here for it. Let's go. All right. What's the best restaurant in Austin, Texas these days? That's a loaded one. Um, Depending on style, I'm a Mexican food purist. I like La Condesa down on 2nd Street. It's one of the best restaurants I've ever been to in my life. Chefs from Central uh, Mexico, I believe, but the the food is just choice and everywhere. I've never had a bad meal there. How about a piece of music, composer, or performer that you wish more people knew about? I would double down on Cody Fry. He is trying to bring orchestral music and instruments back into pop music, and he's done some incredible original pieces as well as transcriptions. He's got this beautiful transcription of Eleanor Rigby. It's pop music, but it's different. And I just looked him up. Looks like he is 33 years old. That's it. <laughs> yes. Wow. Check it out. It's great. Great, great, great. How about a favorite vacation destination of yours? The mountains. Anywhere. Pick a mountains. I'm an avid hiker. I love hiking. I have lots of bucket list hiking things that I'm going to be doing. One of which is I want to I want to hike the John Muir Trail in California. But put me in the mountains somewhere and I'm here for it. I've hiked several 14ers in Colorado, so... That would be for me. Put me in the mountains. What about a memorable live music performance you've attended? I would say I'm kind of a a band nerd in that regard. I will say one of the best performances I've ever seen was at Midwest several years ago. There was a wind ensemble from Japan, I believe. It was all women's wind ensemble. I was at that concert. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And finally, a book recommendation for our listeners. I'm actually reading one right now, and it's the book by Adam Grant, Think Again, and it's fantastic. There's also another book by him. I'm just an Adam Grant fan called Originals that I think people could look up, and it'd be amazing then. If people ask me what I read for fun, I've read read several times uh, every John Grisham novel ever written. I just, I'm a sucker for good old John Grisham. Put me in a courtroom and give me some drama, and I'll watch that. But right now, reading Think Again by Adam Grant, fantastic book. Jeremy Spicer, it's been great to hear your perspectives. Thanks so much for making time to be a part of the show today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Music Ed Insights. We're supported by Group Dynamic, a leading provider of youth leadership workshops. Alan works with dozens of schools each year to help develop their leaders. Learn more at groupdynamic.net slash youth hyphen leadership. Or you could email me at alan at groupdynamic.net. Also sponsored by the Co-College Music Education Program. They've got a website, too. Just click their link at our website or email me at shanley at coe.edu. Also, The Normal Design, helping normal companies and people create memorable, meaningful, and professional designs and branding. More at thenormaldesign.com. And Winterset Websites, website design and maintenance. WintersetWebsites.com. Our Facebook page is Music Ed Insights. Our website has program notes, links, and a one-page download of this episode's key takeaways. That's MusicEdInsights.com. New episodes generally drop every couple weeks on Monday. Get current. Stay relevant. Music Ed Insights.